All right, well, let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 5 and Colossians chapter 3. And uh, we are going to finish, finish this message tonight that we started uh, a couple weeks ago. And I and, uh, appreciate your patience here as we are trying to make our way through this series. The biblical principle, the mu- Music Matters is a series, and now we're in the bu- biblical principles for church music. Uh, Ephesians 5, 19, and Colossians 3, 16. And um, I'm going to go ahead and let you remain seated for this. I'm just going to read this very quickly and get right into it. Just give us, bring us up to speed. Um, I know that there may be some who haven't been here for any part of it. So I'm going to quickly go through what we've already discussed, and then we'll cover the last uh, few thoughts here. Ephesians 5, 19, the Bible says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Did, does everybody have a, an outline? If you don't, raise your hand. Or There's, there's several who don't yet. We're, we're coming around with those. Um, so... Um, as these guys come, thank you for that. There was a, a little a blunder on my part for uh, getting those a little late today. Well, uh, so we're looking here at biblical principles for church music, and um, we're just kind of looking at what the Bible says and then, and then drawing some lines. Um, and again, as I mentioned last time, not, not, not every line can we say is definitively, oh, this is exactly uh, what Jesus or what, what, what God has said in His Word. We're just taking principles from the Scriptures and, and applying them to uh, church music. Um, so with that in mind, we've already discussed uh, several. Uh, number one, we mentioned the Lord's Church is to be a singing church. And we, we saw that uh, singing was practiced by Jesus uh, with the disciples right after um, they took the first uh, communion there in the upper room. Afterwards, they went out and sung in hymn together. And so they were already involved in singing there right at the very beginning. And then it was practiced in the first churches. And because it was specifically given uh, instruction to the church at Ephesus and the church at Colossae to uh, be singing. And we saw that in Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 that we just saw. Congregational singing has been practiced by uh, churches uh, really since. um, And we mentioned that there... Uh, were some songs back in the day that were 45 stanzas long, and uh, I'm thankful that we have moved on from those. And, and uh, you, you always feel bad for the third verse uh, in Baptist churches of hymns because those are the ones that rarely get sung. But we, we try to mix it up. We try to, we try to sing them all uh, as we go through the year. Um, but um, 45 stanzas would take a little while to go through. Um, but uh, anyway, so, and we talked about the reason that it's important for us to be a singing church is because we might as well get used to it because Christ's kingdom is going to be a singing kingdom. And uh, one day we're going to be singing uh, in glory. Well, then number two, not only did we say that the Lord's church is to be a singing church, that church music is to be sung and played by spirit-filled saints. And Ephesians 19 mentions that uh, we are to... Um, uh, let's see, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But before that, it says, Be not drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We're to be filled with the Spirit, and then that should lead to 
um, our singing and uh, making melody in our heart to the Lord. And so the encouragement there was, of course, for those involved in the music ministry to be spirit-filled as they come and, and uh, serve in that role. But then also all of us who come uh, to church should be also spirit-filled when we are here, that we're right with the Lord, that we have a right relationship with Him, that we can corporately um, worship the Lord together by singing when we're all right with the Lord. Um, that's the idea. Um, and then we uh, mentioned also that uh, number three, church music is for singing unto the Lord and to one another. Um, speaking, uh, well, it's to be sung to the Lord. And it's mentioned uh, again in, in, in chapter 5 and verse number 19, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then Colossians 3.16 again, uh, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So um, we are to be singing to the Lord. And Brother Blake mentioned that as we were singing here, that we're singing to Him uh, for an audience of one. But then also we are to encourage one another. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we can learn, we can grow, we can, um, it, it can help us to uh, be taught the things of God through the songs. And uh, while it can be used, music can be uh, used to prepare our hearts for the message, it's, it's more than just a preparation, it's actual worship for the Lord. And it's not like, well, that's just the, let's just get the, it's like chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. A lot of people view music as that. It's like, well, we have to have that in order, and then we get the main course, and that's really what we're here for. Um, when we go to Mexican restaurants, we're actually there for the chips and salsa. <laughs> okay, uh, but it, it's, not, it, it's, it's, it's not just an appetizer that you can do without. It's part of the, it's part of the, it should be part of the service. Um, that is, uh, it's not just a time filler. It's not just, oh, well, let's just sing because this is what everybody does. It's not just tradition. It's that there's real benefit in the singing uh, congregationally. Um, but then number four, we mentioned church music should be sound in doctrine. And we do have a responsibility, especially as the pastor, I do, to make sure that what we're seeing is correct and lines up with the scriptures. And if it doesn't, then we don't sing it. Um, and I need to be careful with it, and, and I, I need to care and be concerned about that. So church music is to be sound in doctrine. We spent some more time talking about that. Church music should emphasize melody, and we spent some time talking about that as well. Uh, number six, we said that church music should be sung from the heart, uh, singing and making melody in your heart, uh, Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3.16, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So it should be coming from the heart. It shouldn't just be a going through the motion type thing, a robotic situation. Uh, God didn't want us to be robots. He wants us to uh, serve Him from the heart. And part of that is in our singing unto the Lord. Okay, so church music is to be sung from the heart. And then last uh, time we talked about how the message of the music should match the message of the lyrics. And uh, we spent some time talking about the philosophy of contemporary Christian music and how sometimes the music itself doesn't really line up with uh, the lyrics as well. And they really should mesh and uh, we spent some time talking about that, and um, I'm not going to go back through all of that. Um, but then number eight, we mentioned that church music must be holy and separate from the world. 
Church music should be holy, must be holy and separate from the world. And it's to be spiritual, which means to be set apart for God, to be different from the world. And our music here at Cornerstone Baptist Church ought to be different from what you could hear at a um, sporting event, maybe, or at a uh, uh, regular concert, or even when you're out and about um, at, uh, at a restaurant and you're hearing the music through the, uh, the PA system there and all those things. Church music needs to be different. Um, because it's for the Lord. This is God's house, and this is the pillar and ground of truth, and it needs to be a place that is sacred and special. Um, it's not just, I know we're meeting in a gym, but being that we're, what we're using this room for, it's a, for a sacred purpose. And so therefore, this, this place needs to be uh, special. And what is done here needs to be special. So it needs to be uh, holy and separate from the world. And we mentioned a couple other thoughts under that. It needs to be unquestionably right and safe. And if there's a question, then we probably just want to avoid it. Um, and then we need to guard against incrementalism. We need to remember that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And when it comes to church music, little can be big. And we need to be careful about what comes into our church through music. And that's where we stopped last week, and, and uh, let's go ahead and jump into these, uh, the, these final three thoughts. And the last one I alluded to last time, but number nine here, church music should be joyful. Should be joyful. And I think Brother Blake was trying to get us to sing with some joy tonight as we sing about our salvation. We see this throughout the book of Psalms, the encouragement to sing with joy, and uh, we, we see in, in Psalm 95, if you want to just flip over there real quick, we'll look at a couple of these uh, references in, in the book of Psalms. So Psalm 95 in verse number, verse number 1. Psalm 95 in verse number 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And I know that uh, for those who don't have the greatest singing voice, we... Uh, a.k.a. myself, um, we say that it's more of a joyful noise than it is a, uh, and, and the emphasis is more on the noise part than the joyful. But the, the, the point is, we, we ought to put more emphasis in our lives on the joyful aspect rather than just the fact that it's noise. Okay, so let's make a joyful noise into the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving make a, and make a joyful noise unto him with the Psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. So here's the deal. When we come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, maybe we're tired. Maybe it's been a long week or a long day or we're going through a, uh, a, a trial-type situation in our life and, and we're just our hearts kind of down in the dumps Let's, let's, let's work at seeing still with joy, knowing that he's in control and, and uh, maybe taking a moment before we come into the service to, uh, to make sure that our minds are right and that we're thinking about the Lord and we're remembering that, hey, look, we're about to come into his presence corporately as a church. Uh, I can't just be so down in the dumps because of what I'm dealing with, but that we're to come with joy. See, congregational singing should be enthusiastic and cheerful. And all the song leaders said, Amen. Okay, thank you. 
Um, it, when you're leading songs and everybody's kind of like, how great thou art. How great thou art. It, 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 it doesn't encourage you, but, but when people are singing out and enthusiastic about what they're singing, it, it makes all the difference. And, and there are a few, uh, I'm sure that the song leaders know this, there's a few in our church family that you can kind of count on them to, to be singing with enthusiasm and joy. And uh, that, that should be all of us. All of us should put our hearts into it. And we already mentioned that, but, but church music should be joyful. It, it shouldn't be a drudgery. It shouldn't be a... Uh, Oh, when is this going to be over? But something that we really put our heart into and that we think about the words enough to cause joy in our lives. Uh, because here's the deal. The great king of kings is listening and he requires a joyful noise. He does. Okay, so we're in Psalm 95. If you go back to Psalm 66, Psalm 66 and verse number 1. Psalm 66 and verse number 1 says... Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. And at first glance, we think, well, God's not terrible. He's awesome. Well, that's what really the word terrible here means is awesome and uh, beyond what we can even explain. He, he's, he's powerful. So how, how terrible art thou in thy works through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. So we're, we're called here, instructed to make a joyful noise unto God all your lands. Not just make a noise. I'm just making a noise. How great thou art. That's a noise. It ought to be joyful. It ought to be joyful because we're instructed to make a joyful noise unto God. All right, Psalm 81, verse number 1. Psalm 81, 1. Verse number 1. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Sing aloud. And there's some people who don't like singing or don't want to sing, and they're just they're standing there when everybody else around them is singing. But, but we're instructed here, sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. And uh, so then we go to one more reference here, Psalm 100 in verse number 1. And I'm just going to probably read the whole psalm just because it's five verses and it's can't help it. It's a great psalm. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Okay, so joyful and gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. So again, we're instructed to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Um, how many of you think that, uh, that the Lord likes a lukewarm spirit when it comes to singing? Would you raise your hand? Okay, that's kind of what I thought. We all know that, 
right? Because of Revelation chapter number 3 with the church of Laodicea, they were neither hot nor cold. And because they were lukewarm, he says, I would spew you out of my mouth. We know that the Lord uh, does not like it when we're lukewarm, when we're just kind of indifferent, we're kind of in the middle. It's not like we, we hate singing, but it's not like we really enjoy singing. Um, he, since he doesn't like the lukewarm, then let's not bring lukewarm singing to the church house. Let's bring a joyful singing to the church house. Um, to teach and admonish one another in song and to sing unto the Lord should not be a half-hearted thing. Um, it should be something that we give 100% and that we're singing joyfully. Now, again, we don't always feel like singing to the Lord, but we must control our feelings and stir ourselves up with the truth of who God is and what God has done in our lives. And when coming to the church song service, I need to say to myself, hey, it's time to worship the wonderful God who has loved me and redeemed me and who cares for me. It's time to forget my problems and focus on the great Redeemer and my priestly work for him, which is singing unto him. So church music should be joyful. Shouldn't be this drum, a drudgery, um, this somber thing. And I know sometimes we, we, we sing songs that are a little more, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be like smiling when we talk about the holiness of God. Well, we can, but... You, you get what I'm saying, to, 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 to sing with joy as you think about what you're singing. All right, number 10, let me go to the next one. Church music must be skillful and aim for excellence. Church music must be skillful and aim for excellence. First Chronicles 15, 21 and 22 says this, And um, Metithala and El Alephala and Mekinah and Obededam and Jael and Aziah with harps on the Shemeth to excel. Okay. And Chinanah, chief of the Levites, was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. All right. And then Psalm 33 in verse number three sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Now, I think all of us would agree that Jesus Christ is worthy of our very best. I mean, it's, I, I, I read about different companies and what they, the, the, the quality control that they have and the, uh, the care that they have for what happens in their company and the products that get pushed out and the communications that get pushed, pushed out and, and making sure that they're triple checked and making sure that everything is right and excellent and as perfect as they can, they can possibly make it and the standards they have for their product. And I'm, I appreciate that, but, but here's the deal. We, we serve the Lord who deserves even more excellence than a technology company or a financial firm or whatever the case may be. Um, the military, and the military always does 100% everything with excellence and uh, perfection. Amen. Okay, good. I'm glad that <laughs> there's a, some support there. I'm sure that I, I know that's their intent, and, and I appreciate all those who serve in that way. But, um, but when it comes to serving the Lord, He deserves our very best, even more so than, than our military, even more so than any company on, in, in this country or on this planet. 
um, because he is worthy of it all. Now, of course, none of us are perfect. We are human, and there's room for grace along the way. But um, the, hymn, the hymn says, give, your, give of your best to the master. And that's what we want to do with sacred music. We want to lead it. We want to sing it and play it with the highest level of expertise and preparation that we can produce. And it's not for our glory so that we get accolades, we get pats on the back, and we get praised. No, no, it's so that God gets praised and God gets the glory. So we want to be getting better educated, better prepared, stronger in every area. This is the path of spiritual victory and revival. Pastor Chris Starr says this, Let's keep the regular church service music excellent and a cut above the average. Our music must reflect excellence because our God is excellent in all that he does. Refuse and resist the casual look and casual feel. So what he's saying is, look, God is excellent and he's excellent in all that he does. So when we serve him through music, let's do the very best we can. Again, we don't, look, we're, we're not going to go buy, you know, a $50,000 piano. Okay, what we have is just dandy. And I know the pianist would be like, that would be nice if we could get something like that. Uh, that, that that's not, I don't think, what, what we're talking about here. But doing the best we can with what we have and with who we have. Um, Philippians 1.10, here's another reference here for us, that we may approve things that are excellent. We, we want to do the best we can with what we have. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And Solomon said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Do it with excellence. Put your heart into it. And when it comes to music, that's what we want to try to do. Everything about the church music must be done on purpose with biblical and spiritual wisdom, Always aiming for the very best, the very highest, never satisfied with mediocrity, progressing in excellence. Again, this is not for the glory of man, but for the glory of God. And if the world strives for excellence, and by the way, the, uh, my, my favorite football team, their slogan is commitment to excellence. And as I've looked at their track record over the last several years, Kind of wondering if they really mean that particular uh, slogan because they haven't been very excellent as of in the last. Okay, they last won I think in '83 uh, the, the 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 Super Bowl. So it's been a while, and uh, I'm not sure that they're really committed to excellence. But we as God's people need to be even that much more committed to excellence in serving the Lord who deserves it. Um. So we, we definitely need to aim for excellence in the standards uh, for what we do in our music ministry, in the selection of every hymn and song that we sing, in the conducting of every aspect of the song service, and in the quality of the singing and playing. And this standard requires some continued education of the entire church in the issue of music. The goal is not to merely hold the line, but to grow in wisdom and knowledge and discernment in order to please the Lord at an even higher level. And this is something that I've been wanting to do, but I've had to learn a little bit myself in the area of music so that we can try to take our church to a higher level of ministry when it comes to music. Um, now, also, when it comes to playing musical instruments, 
At the moment, we only have a handful of people who play, who can play musical instruments. At one time, we had several people in our little orchestra, and right now we have an organist and a pianist. And I'm thankful for both uh, of those instruments that get played during a service. But this room could use a few more instruments um, to fill the room. And um, so I'm just saying I'm thankful for the few who do play, but we need more. So I would just throw this out there to consider learning the piano, the flute, the harp, the violin, the trumpet, the trombone, the organ, the harmonica, <laughs> whatever, the kazoo, if you, uh, if you can play that with skill, okay? Uh, but seriously, if, if there's an instrument that maybe you used to play and maybe it's, you've gotten a little rusty, but you could pick it back up again, maybe the Lord could use this message in your life to get you back to playing for the Lord's sake, to use that talent and that education that you've received, to use it for Him. Because um, I would love to see us add a few more instruments to our little orchestra here um, and give you an opportunity to serve the Lord through music and to be a blessing to the church in that way and to do the best you can. Now, this don't, don't take what I'm saying here about aiming for excellence to say that you can never make a mistake in your music. I don't think that there's uh, a person who is involved in our music ministry who hasn't made at least one mistake. Okay, I think everybody has, we all make mistakes. There, there's, not a, there's not a spirit of, hey, you can't, you can't be involved unless you're 100% perfect 100% of the time. That, that's not the spirit. The spirit is let's strive for excellence. Let's strive to do our best for the Lord. And for those who are learning, there's, there's grace there. For those who have been around doing it for a long time and there's a mistake here and there, praise the Lord. Um, it, he blesses anyway. All right, so um, I don't want you to take this thought and go, yeah, I don't really ever want to do that because there's this standard of, of perfection. No, there's standard of striving for excellence. That's what we want to have as our standard in music is for excellence, not necessarily perfection. All right, so um, church music must be skillful and aim for excellence. Okay, and, and there's a reason that I'm not playing an instrument because I'm not skilled in it. I don't know how to do the first thing regarding the piano or any of these instruments. It's a, it's a train wreck when I even get close to one. So uh, I'm not allowed to do that. But, but if, if you have a, an ability in that and you've been learning and you've learned at some point in your life and maybe it's a hidden, hidden talent, don't bury that talent. Remember what happened to the servant who did? Uh, when, 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 when the master came back and said, hey, where, where's your talent? He's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I buried it. It didn't go so well for that, that particular servant. So take your talents, and I realize it was more of a money situation there, but, but we can apply it to the abilities that God's given us, and, and, and let's invest them and use them for the Lord's sake. All right, number 11, excuse me, number 11 last one here, pastors or to oversee the church's music. And I alluded to this last time. I mentioned this a little bit to just give you a, a, the pastor's perspective here. And as let, let me give you a, a few references to maybe jot down. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 28. And this is uh, Paul talking to the elders of Ephesus, and he says in Acts 20 and verse 28, 
He says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So God has placed pastors in churches. One of their responsibilities is to oversee what goes on. Micromanage, no, but oversee, yes. To be responsible for really everything that takes place in the church. And for those pastors who are the mega church pastors who have, you know, multiple thousands of people, I do not know how they do it. Not a clue. Um, I, I mean, good for them. Uh, but that is not something that I covet at all. Um, because that's, it's too big to really have a good feel for what's really going on with each person in the flock as well as the church as a whole. It's very difficult. Um, and I realize they have staff to help with that and all that, but still. But take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. So one of the responsibilities of a pastor is to oversee every aspect, including the music. And to watch and be careful in that particular arena. Okay, another reference is Hebrews thirteen seventeen, where the writer of Hebrews tells these Hebrew Christians. There's a couple times in this particular chapter that he references the relationship between those who have the spiritual authority, um, or those who are leading spiritually. Uh, to those who are in the church. In verse number 7, he says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So to remember them which have the rule over you. And then verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that may that they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So we are, as pastors, one of my responsibilities is to watch for your souls, to care about your soul, and to make sure that um, nothing is coming in the church that, that might lead us astray. Okay, so the next one is First Peter 5 and verse number 2. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 2, and if you want to just turn there, because this is a good, a good reference here. And this, this part, of course, is more for me than for you, but it's good for you to know, and, and for accountability's sake, and to be aware of, of the way God set it up. It's, it's less about my rights and, you know, I'm going to be the guy in charge here, and, and more about my responsibility, so in verse number two, here Peter's addressing the elders in verse number one, but in verse number two, he gives them, start, starts to give them the responsibilities that they have, that I have. It says, feed the flock of God which is among you. And then he says, taking the oversight thereof. So I'm to take the oversight of the flock that God has given, um, which is, among, which is a, among me. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. And verse number three is important too. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. 
I'm not just supposed to just tell you what to do. I, I need to live it out. I need to be an example. Uh, I'm not to be a Lord over you, but I am to take oversight. There is, in, in, in Hebrews it says, uh, taking the rule over. So there is an uh, aspect of authority, um, but then there's the, also the responsibility of taking the oversight and, and, and being the, the one who's overseeing what's going on. So pastors are called also bishops in the New Testament. Um, so you can start calling me Bishop Johnson. That would be great. Just kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But they are called bishops in the Bible, in the New Testament. The word elder, the word pastor, the word bishop are all for the same position. But the bishop aspect, and, and, and the reason there's three words, because there's three different types of um, uh, responsibility as a pastor. And the word bishop really means overseer or superintendent. And as God's stewards, I must watch, or they, as the pastors, much watch over every aspect of the congregation's life and ministry to see that things are done according to God's will. They must know what is happening in order to protect the flock from danger and error. So I'm also called to be a shepherd, and one of the things that a shepherd does is to protect the flock and, and to make sure wolves aren't getting in, right? And making sure that um, we're not allowing influences into the flock that shouldn't be there. And one way that they can get in is through music. And so bishops and pastors and elders have to be careful about this, and it's their responsibility to oversee the church's music. So, they must know what is happening in order to protect the flock from danger and error. Pastors must, therefore, study the issue of music, and I've been doing that. Because it is a biblical issue and because it is a major force in modern society, and therefore a major potential influence on God's people. So, pastors should approve all music and special music and or appoint a wise person to do this under their direction. There must be a proper gatekeeper or the wrong music will slip in and become leaven that will begin to increase in the church. And you might think, this, is, this isn't that big of a deal, Pastor. Well, the, the, the thing is, we've been a part of several churches in uh, my Christian life, and we've seen other churches from a distance that we've seen them go down the wrong direction, and one of the key players in it was music. And you think, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's just one song. It's no biggie, biggie. Stop making such a mountain out of a molehill. Okay, stop straining at gnats. No, um, I just want to protect our church from going down that path. Um, and I really care about this church, and I want it to be in a place where God's hand of blessing can be upon it. And I want God to bless this church. We're 76 plus years old. And I want to make it to 100 and, what's 76 times 2? I don't know, whatever that is. You can do the math. I can't while I'm up here preaching. Um, but I want, to, I want to see us be faithful till the Lord comes. And, and I don't want him to blow out the candlestick, so to speak. And, and he will if we start going down this path of trying to, trying to meet everybody's need and not offending anybody and, and you know, saying yes to every type of music that comes across the desk. And, and, you know, when we do that, then we're allowing things in that could potentially take us down the wrong path. And I just care about this church too much to do that. Um, because one day, 
I am going to have to give an account to God for this church. That's what Hebrews 13, 17 says. And I better take this seriously. I have to take every part of the church seriously, but music is one of them as well. And um, no one else here is going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for the church's music. I, I am. Um, and I want to do so uh, with a clear conscience. And that does weigh upon me, because it, it, I know it's coming, and it's, it's a heavy weight. I'm glad to do it. I, I'm glad to be the pastor, and I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I also am just letting you know that there, that does weigh upon me, and I want to make sure that I'm going to make good decisions that will make that appointment go much smoother for myself. But then there's not only a responsibility that I have at that moment, it's also for you too. In Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. And if you, I have to do it with grief, that's going to be unprofitable for you at your judgment seat. And I'm not sure how that's all going to look exactly. But let's, uh, let's just strive together and be of the same mind and of the same spirit. Even if you say, well, I wouldn't draw the line where you are. Let's still say, you know what? I'm just going to submit and I'm going to um, just trust that we're going to go the right direction here. I, I know pastor's trying to be careful. And no, no, I know that may mean we won't sing my favorite song, but I'm going to just still have a good attitude and I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it. Because he has a responsibility to, before the Lord, and so do I in my response to his leadership. And, and I'm uncomfortable preaching on this and talking about it. I would rather, again, talk about almost anything else here um, in the Bible. But this is biblical here, and um, I have a responsibility before the Lord, but you have a responsibility in how you follow the leadership that God has placed in the church that you're in. Okay? And so, with that in mind, um, those are some uh, biblical principles for uh, church music that um, we want to mention. Next time, we're going to get into a little bit more of the practical out, uh, outworkings of this as we look at special music, uh, because that's a, one of the big reasons we've covered this series is because of special music. We want to make sure that the special music is uh, in a way that pleases the Lord and that uh, I feel is safe for us. And so uh, next time, which isn't going to be next week, um, probably two weeks from now, we'll be talking about special music. I'm hoping to finish that in one message, but we will see. All right, well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And uh, thank you for your attention tonight. And uh, we're going to go ahead and be dismissed here in just a few minutes uh, to go to our fast food fellowship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, this a uh, very important topic, uh, church music. And Lord, I know a lot of churches are not talking about it like this at all. Um, there are several who um, are adopting all kinds of things into their church, and uh, people are coming by the droves to come and hear it. Um, but Lord, I pray that you'd help us to not just hold the line, but uh, to uh, help us to grow in excellence and to learn and to develop our music ministry into um, a, a music ministry that really pleases you, Lord, that, um, that will involve more people and that we can 
um, really bring you even more glory than we already are. That, uh, that, that's our desire through all of this. It's, it's not to, to get us more glory, but, but for you to get more. And uh, Lord, help us to, when we come into the church ready to sing, help us to come ready to sing and to make a joyful noise. Help us, Lord, to strive for excellence and, and uh, Lord, to play skillfully and to do things with skill. Uh, for, Lord, you are worthy of it. And, Lord, help me as the pastor, Lord, to oversee this area, not by being Lord, being a Lord over your heritage, but being an example. And, and Lord, taking oversight with grace and love and kindness, but with um, a firmness and a truth desire to stay uh, by the stuff. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church, Lord, to please you in our music. Um, and uh, Lord, I pray that each person would desire to please you in their personal music choices as well. And God, I pray that you'd continue to work in those decisions as people take inventory of their own music and what they listen to. May, may they ask the, those difficult questions and be willing to uh, submit to you and to your Holy Spirit. Um, but in the, in the church, Lord, I pray that there would be a good spirit here, that we'd be of the same mind and the same spirit, that we'd be united even regarding music. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would bless the fellowship time to come. And uh, please bless the food and the fellowship. And uh, I pray, Lord, it would just be a sweet night for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.